Set amid the political violence of the 1960s Indonesia, Camila Andini's intoxicating new film Before, Now and Then follows Randin Nana Suhani, a Sudanese woman who in the 1960s lost her father and son to the war in West Java. We find her now as a beautiful wife of a wealthy plantation owner who always looked down on her. For Nana, her inner life remains with her deceased first husband murdered in the Civil War a decade prior. A survivor, Nana values her safety and material comforts, but she carries out a haunted existence, dreaming of her lost love. The film is called Before, Now and Then, and we're joined today by the writer and director of this wonderful film, Camila Andini. Camila, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi. Thank you so much for having me in this conversation. Thank you. Um, it's my pleasure, actually. Yes, thank you so much. It's a beautiful film uh, for a lot of reasons. It is beautiful to look at. The cinematography is spectacular. The pace of the film is wonderful in the sense it allows us an opportunity to really get into the story, understand the characters. There's a lot of nuance in the story. So I'm going to ask you, what was your inspiration for this film? Where did it come from? The first initiation of the story is actually when I, it's actually based from a novel, a chapter of a novel, actually. In 2000, the end of 2017, there is my relatives make an autobiography novel about herself. She's an art dealer and I read the book and then she wrote one chapter actually about her mother. And this story is about a Sundanese woman. It's a woman coming from West Java in Indonesia that experienced this transition era of the political situation in that era. And when I read the story, I remember actually the story of my grandmothers as well, who's actually coming from the same area from West Java, who experienced the same thing. I was kind of like um, the story stays in my head. And I felt like I want to capture this certain moment. I want to capture what it's like to be a woman in that era. And based on the memories and the stories that actually my my grandmas also told me, based on the stories that actually lays in between this, the stories of these women that lives from that era. Um, I felt kind of excited when I'm thinking about it because it's going to be my first time like making a film based on my own root of culture and based on something very personal to me. So you mentioned before about time and rhythm. It's it's basically what is before now and then about. That's what I what what I want to explore. I know that I don't I don't I never live in that moment. I born in 1986. So I don't know about that era. So even if it's a story stays uh, lays in that time I want the audience also to know that it's actually made by a woman that lives today. And I wanted to create that bridge, that kind of connection, yeah. that glimpse of time and memory to be to be captured. Uh, the conflict that maybe it's already changed, but one of other things is stay the same, maybe. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, those kind of questions, those kind of reflection is something what I want to explore and, and and bring up in this film. Well, let's explore that a little bit in the sense that Indonesia was coming out of a colonial era, 
there was a transition from um, a president who I believe was president when they transitioned from a Dutch colony into an independent state, Sukarno, yeah. and then into a period of, of strife. And that brought up on the president Suharto. And yeah. from that, there was a tremendous amount of uh, upheaval in the, in the country. And we see sketches of the i call it the ether of the of, of the social ether of that period of time in mm -hmm. the film it mm -hmm. certainly manifests itself in some very sort of uh, shocking ways in the film but it's not it's not what the film is about is yeah. do i have that correct is that basically yes yes it's true that one of the biggest questions that i want to put in in the film is also during these changes of situation time political situation social changes we just finished uh, the, I mean, we just got our independency. It's the post-independency era where we have our new president, um, Sukarno. And it's not, but the situation inside in each area is is still changes a lot of time. We have uh, the 1965 massacre. Um, we have different kind of uh, conflict in different time. And, and it's not long. It's only like 15 to 20 years before the new order coming in with Suharto in lead and new kind of occupation and oppression as well for more than 30 years ahead. So at that point, as a, as a nation, there are a lot of uncertainty, like who is, what is good and what is bad, actually. The situation is just keep changing from time to time. And we don't know is it for good or for not. And during those changes, if if we see closely to a domestic life inside this institution called marriage, where is woman inside all of this? Like we are the least, least, the smallest um, part of like all this uh, big thing uh, going on ahead in the very patriarchy era as well. The, the before now and then is a story in between these glimpses of mystery situ situation of mysteries that uh, a woman felt lonely inside her own institution, and she wanted to redefine herself again. She wanted to find freedom. What is actually freedom? It's everything is about survival, like surviving maybe. So what is freedom really? This is what before now and then um, is about. So even violence, political, we we not sure which one is actually good or not good. Um, we just going through from time to time. But I think it's also related to who what we are today. I mean that's also happening. Like we going from one situation to another without knowing what else gonna happen next. But yeah, we still always have to redefine ourselves again and again. I think just uh, broadening out a little bit in the conversation about countries that go from colonial to uh, self-governance almost mm -hmm. inevitably end up in a civil war. I mean, the United mm -hmm. States, we went from a colony for a period of time, self-governance, but it wasn't that long before we fell into a civil war. This seems to be a pattern of behavior. But I don't want or anyone listening to our conversation to think that that's what this film is about. But what you identified is patriarchy is the last domino to fall in a country that's going through. And it doesn't it hasn't really fallen in very many places in this world. So it is that kind of the last 
kind of refuge of women being controlled. Yes. It's a, it is, mm-hmm. it is that. So and that's what this film is about, just as you described it. And in this, in the, Nana is this wonderful embodiment of a woman who is intelligent. And at the end of the day, because come from circumstances that were violent, but adaptable. She understands, yes. she understands that adaptability is going to be key for her moving forward. Yes. Is that a and fair? That's always a key. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, being adaptive, being like what I said before, redefining yourself again in yeah. each moment, in this stage. Um, I think that's what's important to listen to your own voices in in uh, in between these many things that control you. I think that's um, yeah one of the things that yeah the the film is talk about. Well, this performance from uh, Happy Salma as Nana. And you're able to capture this beautifully. It, there, there's she's very regal in her bearing. She's very much about what she is about as a mother, as a wife. And but it's the small things. It's the little the inc- incidents that occur over the course of the film that are defining for her. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love I love the fact, as I said to you before we got started, this is a film that you want to lean forward when you're watching because there are so much, there's so much not only within her character, but just in the, in the ambiance, the background, you've got a lot of things that are relaying a story. Yeah. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about what you were, what we were yeah. experiencing. Yeah. Um, it's true that, that this film talks a lot about inner conflict. Um, and the layers that that shape her as a person up until the present um, in the movie. And all of these things has become a mysterious questions and reflections that's been going on in her life. So when when we write when I write the movie and also trying to more than that is actually trying to visualize it uh, with many elements of cinema in a way like one of the challenges is also how to bring these layers and also this inner feelings to the surface with a different kind of dialogue um, to the audience in a way. Um, so people kind of reflectly, reflectively feel the subtleness of the conflict. And, and and the thoughts that she she's bringing day by day in her daily life. And so we, yeah, that's one of the things that we discuss as, as a team um, with my production design and also the, uh, my, my cinematographer. One of the things that we're trying to always keep is the rhythm of the, of the film, which is the core of everything we want clearly see each moment and feel each moment um, very carefully and um, intimately as well. And I think uh, that's uh, that's all, I mean, one of the biggest discussion that we always talk about, like how to portray this um, organically, um, also, you know, intimately in a way as well. Well, and one of the devices or one of the ways in which you reveal her and her inner dialogue, her inner life, 
is through the use of dreams mm -hmm. that are they're close enough to reality that it, it's you don't know what it is until you get to she the end that. yeah it's all yeah. didn't you realize oh that was something that she she dreamed but they're they're obviously reflective rev revelatory of of her of the path that she's on as a, as a, yeah. as a as a person which i just i thought that was uh again this is where those keep coming up is it's subtle it's understated it's nuanced and but mm -hmm. it brings this depth to her and her character and and we have a, and the another thing that uh, is impressive about the film is her family as it's constituted for most of the film. Very beginning of the film, something tragic happens. It's out mm -hmm. there. And then we see the family that she's now a part of. In terms of the family that we see her as part of Darga's family, what were what were the elements that you were cultivating in that part of the film? Uh, there are two things that actually kind of repetitively, kind of like circulate um, around her is this concept of a family, like what you're saying. Uh, one of the things is like, what is a family for her? Like she, she when from her story, she experienced loss and like ownership, even for her like uh, she has a big question of ownership even for her own daughters and and son and but that's that's what a, a woman like especially when you live in a culture like indonesia and and maybe also back then and like you the society owns your family the society owns your daughter and son you you don't you barely know like how much you can um you own them in a way so the question of loss and ownership is is always there and the second thing is that the feeling of being lonely even if you are surrounded by many people and surrounded by beautiful house beautiful family but in a way you felt like you're isolated and this is the time when you kind of lost, lost yourself and you want to find out who you are and i think this is what what is it about that like i want to capture from 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 this moment because she had a family before she lost them and then she have to she know she have new families but she doesn't know like how much she can actually be with them all the time as well so those kind of things is yeah like the situation it kept changing and changing again yeah i just want to remind our listeners we're speaking with camila andini That's the fine. director and screenwriter co-screenwriter of this wonderful film that is won a number of awards the film's called before now and then one of the wonderful kind of dichotomies or side-by-side -side experiences of two different women in the film her rival the mistress mm -hmm. the way that unfolds i thought that was fantastic just the, the the dynamic of that and there's one scene with her at the dinner table where their relationship sort of flips into something different and the recognition mm -hmm. on the part of both of them in that moment is a beautiful piece of cinema. I just, I love that. But the other part of it is the older women who are in the film, who are, who 
lived in this system forever Mm -hmm. for their entire Mm -hmm. lives and how they spend, it feels like they're spending their time reinforcing patriarchy whereas, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, is subverting it in her own way, which I, again, I mean, I'm just, just as part of their great characters, they're, they're alive on screen, but I love that part of the film. That's Mm -hmm. for me is, is the subverting of on one hand, very, very subtly. And the other hand, Mm -hmm. women supporting patriarchy in a way that's more of a classist system thing as much as it is about patriarchy. Yeah, because I think that's the especially in society like in here in Indonesia, yeah. we that's the default. We wanted we are actually taught to be part of the system all the time. We want we we brought up to be servant to the patriarchy. I mean, like we need to be part of it, and that's a success. The success if we we are being part of it and being good at it. But that's when sometimes we kind of lost ourselves as well in a way. Ino in another way is a very woman that that ahead of time. I mean, like I love writing about her character here, even if it's like very subtle. But that's what we need as an as a society. I mean, little step. I mean, subtleness, little step, little things. It it matters. It creates in a big impact. And Ino is actually also based on true stories. This is um, the story of my executive producer. She's kind of like brought up uh, by two mother, and they're very opposite, like they're very different in a way as a character. And she thinks that she, she who she is is actually really divine by both of these characters and how they support each other. I mean, how Ino. Um, sort of like give a different perspective of possibility possibility and freedom is something that Nana really, really needs at that moment. And in that moment that I'm describing where I felt like they they saw each other in a yeah. way that they may not uh, have wanted to. I, I don't know. It feels like... Thank yeah, you. A, I mean, yeah. you describe everything really, really, really great. I mean, you got, the, you got everything really. And I'm... Well, it's a wonderful. It's my pleasure to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it is it's a wonderful film, and um, as I said, it won uh, the 2022 Berlin Silver Bear Award for Best Supporting Performance, Excellent. nominated for Best Film, um, and uh, many many more. It's coming here to Los Angeles on August 25th. It's also opening in Seattle and Cleveland on the 25th. So if you're listening to our conversation in those locations, be looking for this. Really, truly wonderful film before, now, and then. Uh, one last thing, because you are you have three previous feature releases, and they've won a number of awards, the, the three films. When you're putting together a new project, and you're working on some uh, script, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, do you feel extra pressure as a filmmaker, or are you just about the story and you're going to you're going to do I mean how does that affect you when the mm-hmm. expectations are there for for you and your work I made a fourth feature film up until now um, so I already released fourth films of course every time you you get into new things you always felt like is it is it going to work or not is it it's going to 
give you something new again uh, or not because i think one of the most important thing for me as a creator is that how each story allows me to grow uh, not as a career but as a creator uh, and as a person as well that's i think what's most important if i if i can grow as a person within that that project i mean that's that's beautiful this thing about creative process you even up until the end even if you already have the award for example you still feel like there's always one day that you feel okay i think it works but that another day that you feel like oh my god what am i making like i i am not sure that people will get this or not this is i think it's a it's not going to work and things like that so you deal with that kind of different different feelings all the time so right uh, like at this moment it i'm already getting used to those kind of things like this kind of pressure that coming in one day yeah. that kind of uh, you know the thankful feeling that you get in another day and then but also the curse to yourself kind of as a creator <laughs> because what are you making what are you doing this like those kind of thing but but yeah i mean um i'm getting used to to it very much and um, now i kind of know like how to handle it from one time to another yeah. and overall as a woman i always see my film as a, as a kid um so every time i have a project i felt like i'm like getting into a maternity again and do the pregnancy again and then they, one day they release and once they release and when there's a born you you are a parent basically you can't control everything everything anymore they have their own character they have their own path and you you just want to be there uh for them uh with with their bad and goods in the good day and bad day and things like that i think one last question before i let you go the indonesian audiences have they embraced your films the way you were hoping how do you how is it how is that played out um mostly it's it's been i mean they accepting it very well um, a lot of indonesian audience it speaks to their uh, to their conflict as well um most of the women but sometimes um one of the thing that i i lately also realized that um a lot of uh, the the woman representation that i have in my film mostly also about them who are still in the process in a way that what i always wanted to see to to show is also that little step that you can do during the even when you feel lost or even you don't know what to do or even in the middle of a very bad um uh, society yeah in a way so sometimes um the people who's already more liberated in a way the status of people who's maybe already more liberated sometimes they felt like the characters is not uh represent them in a way that it's not heroic enough it's mm. not uh like yeah. if you if you talk about woman like brave woman which where is the braveness in this like what what does she do like big things that she does but so but it's a it's a very uh, and i i understand that um it's just a choice is that 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 i i choose because i know that most of indonesian 
is actually in the same stage as my characters compared to the ones that already kind of like liberated and I want to be I want to choose them I want to be their friend and help them to to whatever condition they 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 going through one last thing this is it I promise I love the music in it there's a there's a what I would call and I may be wrong when I say it this way but the music and there's a few songs in that feel like Indonesian rock and roll they're kind of the upbeat sound that I have yeah. been hearing now and then I hear it here in the States. Now and then I hear a song from Indonesia, a band or something like in the soundtrack to ghost story or ghost. Uh, oh my God. I forgot the name of it. doesn't matter. I'll cut ghost that out. Story? Okay. No, it wasn't ghost story. It was the one with ghost ghost world. It was a, it was a, mm. it came out a long time ago, it's... but there was a song from an Indonesian band. Mm. God, it's mm. a long way to go for not very much. Um, but I just like the music and I just like the kind of the upbeat. I like the music and it throughout, mm. but there was a couple of songs in there that um I just love that sound. It's so it sounds so joyous. It sounds like mm. happy rock and roll to me. Yeah. Is that a is that what um I think one of the things about the songs and also the colors, maybe and then the style of, of the film is that. One of the things that I found out every time um, during the development, during the research, every time I'm going into this era, and I felt like this is the, the most vibrant era when we talk about art in general um, from Indonesian culture. I think this is the time when fashion, music, um, you know, um, literature is very, 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 very vibrant. Um, West Java even called like Western lab because they put many references that going on in the world in that day in that day and then making it their own with our tradition and stuff before the new order coming in and and that time that's when actually art is being the, the most suppressed yeah. thing um, in that time because we only have to make propaganda things and things like that so I want to also kind of like celebrate this this era in another way in a very vibrant kind of cultural art and culture kind of moment by like bringing the songs that we never hear before even now um the the, the poetry that's happening in that day the style and then the color that actually very 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 vibrant yeah beautifully done beautifully done before now and then We've been speaking with the co-screenwriter as well as the director of this wonderful film, Camila Andini. Camila, thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.